Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Breaking Financial Hardships, Part 2. Praise the Lord. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible says, But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. These two have been present. Mount Zion is the church. I'm sure you've seen on TV churches where deliverance is being, you know, administered. And you yourself, you are fighting for your holiness. When you want to see holiness, I'm sure you know, normally you should find it in the church. Not in the mall or in the stadium, in the church. So the Bible here says, on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. And that's what has been going on with your life. All kinds of deliverance from your salvation to every other aspect. And listen to me, there must still be areas you are struggling with. Let me tell you something. As you keep coming on Mount Zion, one of the guarantees that God is giving you this morning is that there shall be deliverance on Mount Zion. You shall be delivered from that spirit that is tormenting you every night. You shall be delivered from all those manipulations of devils in your life. And more than anything else, you shall be delivered from poverty and financial hardship. That's what's going to happen on Mount Zion. Also on Mount Zion, we see from scriptures that there will be holiness. There shall be holiness on Mount Zion. Not on holiness. It's interesting how many people come to Mount Zion for deliverance, but they find the holiness. They want to be delivered from all this. They want to be delivered from singleness. They want to be delivered from poverty. And just like I was saying now, but they do not also embrace the culture of holiness. That is on Mount Zion. But it's only when deliverance and holiness come together that the third one happens. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. It's important to realize the Bible doesn't say that the house of Jacob shall possess possessions. Their possessions. So it was legally theirs, but they could not possess it. Do you realize that you can be on Mount Zion with things that fully and legally belong to you, but you are not having access to them? And that's what we're going to be doing. Everything that belongs to you, every possession that is yours, by the grace of God, my prayer is that you will possess it. You will not just see it, talk about it, but you will be in full possession. That is your portion. If it requires deliverance, deliverance will meet it. 
if it requires character, holiness, holiness will meet it. But whatever happens, do not leave Zion without your possessions. Do not allow that to happen to you. Praise the name of Jesus. The house of Jacob shall possess their possession. That third part, many people are not aware of it. A lot of us are aware that deliverance can happen in the church. We are aware that holiness should be in the church. But are you aware that possessions are also there? That God expects people to possess things when they come in his house. Not come empty-handed, leave empty-handed. Brothers and sisters, I think last week I tried to bring across to you this particular reality that God's will is for us to prosper. God's will is not for you to live your life in poverty. Please understand that poverty does not glorify God. It does not glorify God at all. I know that there are certain instances where God will allow you to go through a season of lacking, but ultimately, how will you take care of the family God has given you? How will you even be able to support his work on earth? How will you be able to take care of your own needs if you are in poverty? It's like I started saying last week, we need to realize that we've been deceived. We've been brainwashed. And again, this is not to just sow seeds of greed in the people. No, 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 no. But it's to bring you in the comprehension of the will of God for man. The full will of God for man. When God created Adam, where did he place him? And what was around him? Nothing was missing. Nothing was lacking. In fact, God made sure that the fridge was full. Everything was there. Then he brought the man in the picture. That is the mind of your God. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. It's, it, that, is, that is the will of God. You may prosper in all things. And be in health. You see, that's why, you see, it's, 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 it's useless to be prosperous and to be sick. So you see, God thinks about everything. God doesn't only want you to be prosperous. He wants you to enjoy it. You can't enjoy prosperity if you are sick. And then he gives you the key that controls it just as your soul prospers. So your prosperity in all things is connected to the prosperity of your soul. The prosperity of your soul. Your soul is the soulish realm, the realm of your mind, your will and your emotions. So to the degree in which your mind is prospering, to that degree your pocket will prosper. So lack of prosperity in your fridge Lack of prosperity in your bank account, lack of prosperity in your pocket is directly connected to the lack of prosperity in your mind. Just as your soul, just as your soul prospers, just as your soul prospers, that you may prosper in all things. So anything where you are not prospering, your soul is not prospering in that thing. And because your soul is not prospering in that particular thing, that thing is not in your life. 
I hope you are with me so far. You will find out that a person that is not prospering financially is, proper, is prospering in other things. That's because in those things he's prospering, his soul has acquired knowledge in those areas. That's why he's able to produce the results in those areas. For you to know where your soul is lacking, just check where your life is lacking. It's always a reflection. Your prosperity is not accidental. The prosperity God is bringing to you and me is not a prosperity just like a witch doctor. You go, you don't need to prosper in any mind. You just go there, you give two things, and then pan, you are there. No, no, no. And that's, you see, that is it, pan. That is also, it goes. It doesn't stay, and you have no control over it, and you are always living in fear that is going to leave you. Why? Because you didn't acquire it legally. Anything that you receive by going through the process that God gave you, you never have to fear. You have no fear of bad news because you know you didn't get it by chance. You follow the procedures. I hope you are still there. Just as your soul prospers. Now raise your right hand and say, I will prosper in all things just as my soul prospers. This morning, I open my soul to learn and know because I will prosper in finances, in health, in relationships, in all things to the degree my soul prospers. Put your hands together for Jesus if you understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Therefore, let me remind you what is financial hardship. I want to define it simply so that we don't waste time. Financial hardships is lack of money. That's all. I, I, don't, I don't want to become an economist and give you big terminologies and talk about equity, talk about balance sheets. Listen, either money is there or money is not there. It's as simple as that. Financial hardship might be a hard word or a very, very you know, like grammar word. Let me make it easy for you. Financial hardship. Maybe some of you are saying, mm, this service, I don't know, it's, it's very, I don't think I'm relating with this. This, are very, very, this is big English. Okay, simple. Chalete, no day. There's no chalete. Chalete, ahio, ahio. There's nothing. Yet we want money to be there, but chalete is not there. Do you understand? Now, there's a problem with money not being there. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19 says, A feast is made for laughter, and one makes merry, but money answers everything. Money answers everything. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19, it's in your Bible. A feast is made for laughter, wine to make merry, but money answers everything. So I would like you to just reverse that scripture for a second, and you'll understand why the lack of money is evil. Not just the love of money is the root of evil. Also, the lack of money is evil itself. Do you know why? 
Because if money answers everything, it means the lack of money means nothing is answered. The love of money is the root of all evil, and the lack of money is evil. When there is no money, a lot of, ans- a lot of questions will not have answers. When there is no money somewhere, a lot of things will be left without answers. Because the answer is not there. Money answers everything. It answers. Look, you might be saying, Pastor, what, what is going on? Well, look at your life and tell me what is in your life now that is not the result of money. Even the things that you're saying somebody gave you, that person that gave you bought it. You cannot buy salvation, but let me just help explain something to you. The pastor that preached salvation to you, he probably used money to buy tax to pay uh, petrol for him to go to that place where he preached the message. And also, he probably paid to, for the microphone that he used for you to hear the message. Or maybe you watch on TV. Okay, he probably paid a time. So money still contributed for you to be where you are. Look, this is not, I'm not reading from a book of a secular person. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 10. God himself is telling you money answers everything. So I shop now you understand why when the money is not there, there will be financial hardship. Hence, I didn't want you to be confused about the definition of hardship. It means money is not there. And when money is not there, a lot of answers will not be there. A lot of answers will not be there because the main thing that answers is not there. It's not there. Let me tell you, let me be very honest with you. When God blessed me with a job that could, that could produce the, this thing called money, let me be honest with you, I stopped praying a lot of prayers. I have never prayed certain prayers ever again. It is just the truth. Those prayers have been answered, and my mind is focused on major things. You don't understand when you don't have this simple thing. You will spend the rest of your life praying simple useless prayers because the main thing you cannot even come it can't come you cannot pray real prayers there was a time in my life when i woke up my question is what will i eat today but today when i woke up my prayer my question is should i eat today not what will i eat today it's should i eat today should i eat today it's not about food not being there. That, do, will, should I fast or should I eat? So when I don't eat, it's not that there's nothing. That I have decided based on higher responsibilities and based on higher prayer report, requests that I want to bring up. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Maybe you are there, you are saying, Pastor, please, you are not making sense. Let me make sense a little bit better for you. 
no matter how spiritual you are, if you are renting and it's month end, a daughter of mine, in this, she's probably watching this morning, she told me herself <laughs> two days ago, it was month end and the money was not there. She had no peace. She had no peace. She was telling me, and it was, it's not related to what I'm teaching. I just remember it now as I'm telling you this. That she had no peace. She didn't know what was going to happen to her. Do you think she can pray? In that state? Or the prayer can go, like even if she's praying, she will, what do you think she'll be praying about? She'll pray for the rent money. And let's say maybe now she's trying to pray for the rent money and she hears the voice of the landlord just, just around the yard. As she, is, as she is trying to pray for this rent money, the man has come. Do you think those tongues will continue blasting the way they were blasting just now? So you now realize that that particular area controls certain things and Satan knows it. That's why he enjoys it when you don't have that thing. Because from there, he can manipulate a lot of things. He can disturb your prayer life. He can disturb your word life. He can make you to never read your Bible because you have to always be running out there. Breaking that financial hardship over your life. Not so that you can be rich. No, so that you can serve God. So that you can live for God. So that you can do things that matter. That's what we are here for. Previously, I wouldn't even teach stuff like that, but God has maybe realized for you to even be the pastor you are today is because I answer certain prayers by doing certain things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true that if God did not answer some of those prayers, I was going to be here every day blasting. Eh? Some of you there, I'm saying here, you must be building a church. You are looking at me. Why are you looking at me? What? You see, there are pastors like that. It's, you know, don't blame them. Most of the time, they have no choice again. They don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. You are blessed that you are in a church where we don't put too much pressure on you. And in fact, I'm even trying to rather teach you so that there's be, there should be no pressure on your life. You should be able to give to God freely and with your heart. And that's what this series is all about this month. To break through all those things and help you discover. So first of all, look, you have to respect money. Don't worship money. Don't serve money. They respect money. You have to have respect that God himself is telling you this thing answers a lot of everything. Praise the name of Jesus. For you to watch me where you are watching me right now, money is involved in paying the electricity of the house where you are. Many, many other things are involved. We need to be honest with ourselves. And it's because we never speak this truth. That's why when we say to people, come, let's bring your finances, let's do something. They don't do it because they don't understand their relationships. That are connected there. They think, they think these things are just happening, like maybe God just sent this blessing from heaven like that. No. Money is involved. Money is involved. So today, we're talking about the root causes of financial hardship. What are the roots? When you see the fruit, there's always a root. 
When people don't have money, and God told us last week that silver is man, gold is man. So when we don't have what he says he has, there's a problem. And we need to discover, you see, let me tell you something. Until you know the, the cause, you cannot find a cure. But for us to cure this disease called financial hardships, we need to know the cause of the whole thing. So I'm going to give you, there's a lot of things that can be the reason. And as I show them to you, just check your life. I'll be also telling them, because if, I'm going to come back on this when I start giving you the laws of prosperity. So for you to see what you need to do. Because there's something you can start doing that will change the financial situation in your house. Totally and completely. I'm talking from not even having a job. We can even start from there. All the way to having a job and being successful. So let's start. What is the first cause of, of financial hardship? Number one, the lack of blessings. The lack of blessings. You know, you thought I was going to say the lack of... You see, let me tell you something. Next week, don't miss it, because next week I'll be teaching on the spirituality of prosperity. I've shared with you time and time again that your life depends more on a blessing or a curse more than anything else. So I'm starting by telling you that when you see financial hardship somewhere, one of the things that is the reason for that is that there's no blessings there. This thing called the blessing is lacking there. It's not present because it can be absent. And its absence will bring about hardships. Just like the presence of a blessing brings about prosperity. It brings about wealth. Therefore, the presence of a curse brings about poverty. Just like we can see it in the scriptures. Come with me to the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. The Bible says, Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. Please understand, God did not curse man. He cursed the ground. Because everything that was going to sustain man was coming from the ground. Curse is man for your sake. In toil... You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, the hardships begins in toil. In toil. That's already hardship. Then he says, both thorns and twistles it shall bring forth for you. Do you understand? Thorns and twistles that is hardship. Prior to the curse being activated, there was no thorns and there was no twistles. The earth was just producing beautiful trees that you can eat and enjoy. But from the moment the curse is introduced, there is something called thorns and thistles that is now being introduced to the equation. Now, just for you to understand what I'm trying to say, please understand that nobody plants thorns and thistles. Or, or let me at least say I do not know anybody 
who goes around planting stones and twistles. Nobody does that. Yet they come everywhere. Every time you clear a farm and you start planting good things, stones and twistles will show up. Can I help you? All right. Nobody goes out looking for problems. When people leave their houses in the morning, they go for something good. But they are usually surprised that at the end of that day, what they went out for is not what they brought back home. Some tons and some twistles have entered their lives. Tons are painful. Tons bring hurt. Tons bring blood out of you when you touch them. And it is their presence that makes the thing hard in your life. Tons and twistles. Nobody leaves their house in the morning and say, I'm going to look for a car accident now. As I'm, as I'm driving out of this house, let me go and look for somebody to bump. No. But as they are going out, planning to drive to the place where they are going to go, a thorn will come on the way. That thorn shall never come on your way in the name of Jesus Christ. Tons and twistles. When somebody starts a business, his desire is that the business will succeed. But there's a thorn waiting somewhere. There's a twistle waiting there. And it is the presence of those thorns and those twistles that bring the hardship in the life of a person. When a young girl goes to varsity or to, the, to, to school, she is going there to try to bring a trick. But there's a thorn in the school. There's a twistle in the school. Before she realizes she does not bring metric, she brings another metric. And that particular metric, which is a blessing, but it's also a thorn in the flesh. Like Paul told us. It's a thorn in the flesh. Thorns and twistles shall it bring forth for you. Thorns and twistles. And that is, this is the origin of hardship. This is how hardship started. Man was not supposed to know hardship. But man disobeyed God and he unlocked the curse. And when the curse is unlocked, the curse brings hardship. So I just want you to understand that over and above coronavirus and every other problem that we are having at the moment, that could be the reason for hardship, you must know at the bottom, at the foundation, that is what we call the curse. Especially the curse of Adam. He goes on to say, and in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. The sweat of your face. Tell me that that is not hardship. So look at it again. Toil, thorns, twistle, sweat. I hope you are now understanding yourself and you are understanding mankind. Every nation on earth goes through this process. No matter the profession you are doing, you will twirl. No matter the profession you are doing, there will be two tongues. No matter the profession you are in, there will be twistles. No matter the profession, you will sweat. The professor sweats, the doctor sweats, the footballer sweats, the, 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 the cleaner sweats. Everybody is sweating. Your maid is sweating. Your husband is sweating. Your little daughter that just went to grade R is sweating there already. 
The pastor is sweating. Before I stand here to preach, my friend, there's a lot of sweating going on. I don't want to lie to you. I wish I could tell you that I was just drinking tea and I just had a little bit of smoothies and then I come and I stand and I start receiving the revelations. It doesn't happen like that, my friend. Paul says, I work harder, harder. No matter the field, you can't escape this. So let me start with that foundation for you to understand. Because some of you, when things get a bit hard, when there's a bit of tones and twistles, you start feeling that something has gone very, very wrong. Most of the time, nothing has gone wrong. You are in a cursed ground. The ground is cursed. Now you make matters worse when you are lazy. Because you are in a cursed ground with tones and twistles, having to sweat, and you have, you have chosen not to sweat. Because God is telling you, your only solution is to sweat. He says, in the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. So if you are not sweating, now the ground is cursed, you are not toiling, and the, the ground is producing tones and twistles, and you don't, well, now you don't want to sweat, I get it. So you see now why you are not eating. And this is the beginning of the hardship. People just not wanting to sweat. People coming to church so they don't have to sweat. But the man that is preaching is sweating. Have you noticed that? The people will be landing up for the pastor to pray for them so that they, their lives should be sweatless lives. But the pastor that is praying for them is sweating. Three-piece suit is already all wet. What an irony. I'm still on just point one. I hope God will give me grace to do this because there's so much to tell you. I don't know. There's so much, so much to say. First Chronicle chapter 4, verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. The Bible starts by saying this guy had honor in him. He was preferable. He had more virtue. He was the person that if you come in the house and you say, who will you choose? You will choose Jabez. He was more honorable. He seems to have everything going, but there was a problem. His mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. So Jabez literally means pain. This is a young man who is now experiencing pain, not because he's taking painful decisions, but because of something that happens when he was even unconscious. Something is being transferred to him. A pain is being transferred to him. Not a pain that he created. A pain somebody else experienced, but the person has decided to place it on him. Are you aware that some of the financial hardships you are going through are going way behind you? way past you. They are the result of some things that were said and done by people that were here before you. We call that ancestral covenants. Ancestral covenants. Things that were decided before you got there. First of all, you are toiling today because your ancestor, your old, old ancestor, Abraham, I mean Adam, messed up. But that is not where it ends. Your current ancestors that are also from your family line, they also did their own mess. And as a result of that, there is pain in the life of Jabez. There's pain. And I wish 
you and I could do what Jabez did. When Jabez became aware that there is pain in his life, everywhere he goes, the whole story turns into a painful experience. Whatever business he tries, whatever new idea he's trying to bring onto the picture, it seems like everything is against him. He has gone to school, he has the degree, he has the PhD, he has everything, but he's still sitting at home. And his brothers are still looking at him. Nothing is moving. Nothing is just moving. He goes for job interviews, nobody calls him back. Everything is just on a stalemate. Everything is painful. There is a woman who asked another woman one day, why must I fight for everything? Why can't I just also get something like everybody would get something? It's like I have to always work extra hard before it can look a bit normal. Listen to me. It's not supposed, I know it's supposed to go through some sweating, but you know, there's also air cons that have come to calm it down a bit. So when yours is, you are even under air con, but you are still sweating. Something is not right. Something is not right. I wish you could do what Jabez did. And that is what I'm going to teach you to do. The Bible says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Jabez knew the pain was not because the, the, the harvest, uh, the seed were wrong. Jabez knew the pain was not because uh, he didn't wear the right shirt. Jabez knew the pain was because there was a curse working against him. And this curse can only be dealt with by invoking a blessing. Do you know that some of the reasons why things are the way they are in your family or in your personal life is because there are cases, not that you activated them, but they were activated. Just like Jabez's case, his mother was the reason for it. Please don't get offended at your mother. I'm not saying she's a witch. But sometimes you might find that somebody behind, before you got there, they opened certain doors. And today you are practically experiencing the result of those decisions. So Jabez, the Bible says, it says, oh, that you will bless me and enlarge my territory. Everything I'm saying, just reverse it and you know what the curse does. When you are not blessed, you are cursed. When the blessing is not there, you are not enlarged, you are reduced. The blessing enlarges your influence. It enlarges your possibilities. It enlarges every little thing you put on the ground. Every small seed you sow on the ground, the blessing causes it to multiply. The Bible says God bless them and says multiply. The blessing brings multiplication and the curse brings subtraction. The curse brings restrictions. When you are under that curse, nothing can enlarge. You can pump money in a business plan and a business idea. The business is not moving one inch. When the case is working behind you, you can change one's friend that you are changing your t-shirts. Nothing will change. Nothing will change. It will remain there. When the case is touching you, if you don't know how to invoke the blessing, you can change churches, change pastors, change papas, change mamas. Nothing will change. So he went straight. Lord, bless me. Indeed. Enlarge my territory. That your hand will be with me. 
and that will keep me from evil and that will make I may not cause pain. People that are having painful experiences end up making painful, causing painful experiences to other people. Now he's praying that he must not cause pain. Do you know many of the people that are hurting you are hurt? Many of those people that are causing you pain are going through pain themselves. Jabez is saying, I may not cause pain. Why? Because my life is pain. I can only produce what I have. I can only give what I have. There are some people, when they go back in the night, they cry because they know what they did during the day was wrong, but they can't help it because that's who they are. Until God changes that nature in you. So Jabez cried, Lord, bless me indeed. Change this history. Change this reality about my life. There are people, the moment they enter a company, even if the company was doing well, start doing bad. Immediately, my father-in-law used to, in the Lord used to say, when you are with a cursed man, you give him a lift, you will have a puncher. Even if you just change the four wheels, you will have a puncher out of nowhere. A cursed man is in front of you in a row. When it's your time to go and pay at the till, the thing goes off, offline. We used to laugh at those things, but I started realizing that in life, this is actually how life is playing out. For some reasons, some people never seem to get it. No matter how they try, there's a curse working. And that curse is responsible for those financial hardships. And I believe it's about time you realize it's not about working too hard. At this stage, it's not hard work alone that will change it. Because I know a lot of people who work very hard, but the thing hasn't changed. <laughs> they push, hey, they push. They push. Sometimes you even beg God for them that the thing hasn't changed. You know why? Because at that stage, it's not just the hard work that is required. You need a blessing. You need a blessing. To be blessed doesn't mean you don't work. God blesses the works of your hands. So it takes a, a work for the blessing to work. But when you are cursed, no matter what you do, a curse come and curse the work of your hands. So it turns the work to nothing. May you be blessed by the Lord. May you walk in the blessing of God. If I can convince you this morning to start praying for the blessing like Jabez, to start praying, in fact, where you are, would you just open your mouth and say, Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, bless me indeed. Lord, I need a change in my life. Lord, I need a change in my life. Lord, I see there is too much hardship. That is, it's so hard. Why is it so hard? What is the problem? I try this side, I change position, I go this way, I go that way, but it's still hard. Lord, what is holding it down? Why is it not moving? Somebody is praying. Somebody is praying right where you are. Right where you are. Come on, don't be ashamed. We need the blessing. We need the blessing. Without the blessing, you cannot prosper. Without the blessing, it will be very hard. Everybody open your mouth and cry out to the God of heaven. Lord Jesus, I need your blessing. I need your blessing. Cry like Jabez. Cry like Jabez cried.
Chatos que mente precato palamanda. La cassette precato palamanda. Many families are being destroyed because of these curses. Many families are being destroyed because of the presence of these curses. No matter what the family members do, nothing ever changes. Everybody comes back to square one, square one, square one. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. That you will enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. I cannot stay in my father's house forever. Enlarge my territory. Cause me to move to my own space. Cause me to move to my own space. Let your hand be upon me. Oh, makele masokele mandele malamarama. Keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. I may not cause pain. I may not be the reason why people are crying at night. Mercy. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You see, verse 10 says, So God granted him what he requested. May God grant you what you are requesting this morning. Please understand, these services are not for fun. We are here to see a real change takes place. And I guarantee you by the Spirit of God, something is going to break in your life. Something is going to shift in your life. In the name of Jesus. Please take your seat. Let me give you the second one. Maybe that's where we're going to stop today. We might have to continue it next week. There's so much to say, I don't want to lie to you. I have so many things to share with you. What is the second cause, the second root cause of financial hardship? The lack of knowledge and skill. Lack of knowledge and skill. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. And the proof that you know the truth is not that you are quoting that you know the truth. That's not the proof. The proof is that the truth you are claiming to know brings a degree of freedom in your life. It is only when freedom arrives that you can clearly say, you don't even need to say it, we will know that you know the truth. The manifestation of truth or the, the, the proof that truth has been known and mastered is the presence of freedom. You shall know the truth and the way we will know that you know the truth is that that truth you know will make you free. There is something we call financial freedom. The only day you and I will claim that we have financial freedom, God is telling us how it comes. You should know something. And don't say, go around saying, I have read this book, I know this scripture. No, listen. When you know, you know. And the way we know that you know is that freedom has arrived in that area. Let me therefore suggest humbly to you this morning, if you haven't seen freedom in certain areas, please do not deceive yourself. You don't know as you ought to know. Maybe you know to some degree, but not enough to release the freedom. 
try to know more. Try to know more until you experience the freedom the Bible talks about. But when I'm talking about knowledge this morning, I'm talking about knowledge in different dimensions. The first dimension, the first reason why lack of knowledge is responsible for a lot of financial hardships in the life of many believers is first because we have a wrong perception of prosperity as Christians. A lot of Christians do not believe that God wants them to prosper to start with. Therefore, they do not engage the laws that are required to you for you to experience prosperity. Therefore, they are forever struggling financially. And they always explain their financial struggle to the fact that they are doing the will of God. Wrong perceptions of prosperity. It's as if if you are prosperous, something is wrong with you. I was talking about that last week. That, that lack of knowledge you and I have regarding prosperity and holiness and purity and all of this, just the fact that you don't know much on that area has given Satan such an edge over you and me. The fact that you don't know the exact mind of God regarding that area is the reason why you can be where you are. Because in this kingdom, it is given to you according to what you believe. So if you believe that God doesn't want you to have this, why would God give it to you? Because you don't believe you should have it. He will never give it to you. He will never give it to you. We saw last week, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the result of that is that all these things will be added unto you. We can never change that scripture. If you truly seek the kingdom of God, put first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, the proof of that is that God is going to unlock things on your way. He will add many other things to you. He will not take from, he will add. He will add. He's a good God. He's not a robber. He's not an abuser. That is, he just takes from you, takes from you, takes from you, and leave you deflated and move to the next person. And because that's the idea Satan has sold to us. The idea of a God who doesn't want you to do well, that's what he told Eve in the garden. God knows the day you eat this, you become like him. He's holding this from you. He doesn't want you to get well. He doesn't want you to do well. That's the same idea Satan says to us all the time. So inside your heart, you desire these things, but you are angry with this God who doesn't want you to have these things. It's because you don't know the word. Number two. So number one is wrong perception about prosperity. Second one is misinterpretation of scriptures. You will be surprised at how many Christian families are struggling financially because they misinterpreted the scripture. One of those scriptures that, were, that are very, very wrongly misinterpreted is Matthew 19 verse 24. 
And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Based on this scripture, a lot of people have felt, no, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, don't be rich. Because Jesus himself is telling you it is easier. The, see, the key word is, it is easier. It is easier. Not it is impossible, it is easier. The way I know it, David was very rich, and I don't think he's in hell. Abraham was very rich, and the rich man saw him in heaven. So I do not understand why you feel that if God gives you wealth, you will go to hell, except if you, you didn't give him your heart. Which are things I'm going to teach this month for you to know why God withholds certain things from us. Not because he doesn't want to give them to us, but because there's something he's asking from us first that we don't want to give to him. Misinterpretations of scriptures. Lastly, poor value for education. And this is what makes me cry about my people. Is that we do not see why, and we do not see how not valuing education, just, just education, the fact that you do not value education becomes the reason why there's financial hardship in your house. The fact that we do not see a connection between those two. I wish you can allow me to talk to you this morning, even if this is where I'm going to stop maybe. We don't value education. Do you know why I know we don't value education? Well, very simple. We are always the one that drop out of school. I mean, you see, in South Africa, we have different groups. You know all the groups. You have the black, the white, the Indian, the colors. Come and see the proportion of the group that is the one that drops out of school more than any other group. Come and see the proportion of the group that goes to school but never reaches school. They left their house to go to school, but they never reached school. The poor value we place on education, that becomes the major reasons why in the near future we become a liability instead of being an asset. And that turns you and me into another mouth to feed in the family which is the recycling of this hardship. After you have completed school, you were supposed to, even if you are not yet, like, at least to not be a mouth to feed anymore, where you can at least start making your own decision. Now, I understand that certain circumstances, I'm not against anybody. But I'm just saying, why is it that other groups, once you pass metric, once you go here, for some reasons, you can just move and start something. But these particular people, every god they'll go, come back, say, sit again at home. Another reason for this, that I know we, we, we place very poor value on education, is the courses we choose. Come and see us choose courses that are going nowhere. Just because I want to say I'm, 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 I went to university, 
I'm in university. But okay, you are in university. What course are you doing at the university? Oh, no, I'm just doing some course. I'm doing some course. You know, the wrong courses. And come and find us not fighting to get on the right course. We will stay on wrong courses continuously selling our destiny for free. Then you finish all that wrong course with no career at the end. Then you come back home, you become a bigger liability for your family. The fact that we don't sit down to choose the right course tells me we don't value education. And you don't understand how connected that thing is to financial hardship stopping in the house. You don't understand how connected it is. I know we don't value education to some degree based on how some of us study. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show yourself approved. Study. Study to show yourself approved. We don't study. In fact, our, our own version is that don't study so that your friends can approve you. That is our version. Our version is that don't study. Because if you study, many people will feel you are trying to be too clever. You are too clever. When you think, you are now you think you are too clever. You think you are too clever. So for you to be accepted by your people, don't study. Be a monk, a stupid boy. Even monks, I mean, monks are very clever to start with. Just be some funny guy there that you don't study. You are never answering questions in the classroom. You are always lost together with them. Now you are approved. You are approved. You are approved. We don't study. We go to school for the sake of pocket money, which we use to buy condoms and other things. We don't study. I will say it. I will say it to you. I will say it. You need to realize that when you don't study, you are choosing to be a loaded citizen in that country where you are. You will never be in the position to manage anybody or anything. You will be managed. If you even get a job to start with. You will be managed. Because you didn't study. You didn't study. Then you're going to start doing demonstrations. That's how I know we don't value education. It's President Nelson Mandela who says education, I don't remember how he said it, but education is the thing that can change a nation. I'm sorry I, I couldn't, I didn't, I, I didn't get his quote, but I know he said something about education. He himself understood that if we don't educate ourselves, if not, you know, before we were saying, hey, they don't want to allow us. They are closing the schools. We can't go. We have to be in the township. Look, what can we do? They are keeping the knowledge. Now, all universities are open to everybody. Education is free. Everything is free. We still don't study. All kinds of, of, of uh, bursaries are, are flying around. We are using bursary money to date. We are using bursary money to buy shoes. 
We are using bursary money to buy clothes instead of studying. What you don't understand is that as you are taking that road, you are not helping us with this financial hardship at home. When, when you are going, when you finish, you're going to have to come again and sit here and be a bigger problem in the house. What about our daughters? They go to school. You're supposed to go there and bring the degree. You go there and bring a baby. Then that is now another mouth that has to be fed in the house. And you know, maybe before there is only one person who has a job in that house. Then you were three. Then they send you to school to go and get metric so that after you get metric, you can also go and become independent. Now, please don't get, don't get offended this morning. I'm just trying to help somebody. I must help somebody. Because this is how financial hardship is not ending in our homes. Because you go to school, you don't bring the degree. You go there, you bring a baby. And then that baby will not disappear in a week. That baby becomes another mouth to feed. And that mouth to feed, we need to find a budget for it. It starts making the load heavier. And somebody is thinking, you learn the lesson. No, you go again and bring another at number two. At this stage, you are out of school, but now that you are out of school, that is already a problem in itself, but it's not all. Not only are you out of school, you have brought another problem because now there are two mouths to feed. With you, it's three mouths to feed. This is why financial hardship is not leaving our homes. Because of this carelessness that is going on around. People are not realizing that their decisions their decisions that they are making in the spirit of a second is causing an entire family. There is one person in the family. Only one person has a job in the family. Only one person has to feed the whole house. How will that family ever come out of financial hardship when there is only one person that has a job? And that one person that has a job also has his own family. Now that person is spending the little money they have to send you to school. And you, instead of going to school and studying... You go to school and you turn into a yaupe boy. And when you become a yaupe boy, you know what that means? It means you are unemployable. Who can employ a yaupe boy? So you are for the rest of your life a liability. Another mouth to feed. Your sister brought two babies. With her is three. You turn into a yaupe boy. And you even became clever. You went and impregnated another girl. Now her child is also in the house with herself. You now see what is going on in the family. This is how the financial hardship becomes impossible to deal with. I do not know whether you will still like me after today, but I want you to know the root cause. The root, we're talking about the root cause. The root cause. Simply put, we are fooling around too much. We are fooling around too much. And that's why it's hard at home. Only one person is pushing out there to try to, 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 to feed the whole family. The other ones are sitting at home quietly. I get at the end of the month, this guy's going to buy groceries for all of us. Nobody is anymore pushing to go look for a job. Everybody is sitting at home. 
Let me ask you a question. The day that guy, the day that your uncle, the day that your brother loses that job, do you understand the type of calamity that is going to come on that family? Because there was only one single person that could find a job. Everybody has hands. Everybody has legs in that family. But only one person is going out there to do something. Everybody is waiting at home because it's free meals. It's free breakfast. I woke up in the morning. Everything is there. I just eat. And I watch TV. He's paying the DSTV. He's pushing. He's trying to. He has, he, he has become the savior of the family. Yet I also have legs. Yet I also have hands. Yet I can also go out and push. You know, the Bible says two are better than one. When it's two of us working, the financial hardship is getting alleviated. When it's three of us working, the financial hardship is getting even more alleviated. When it's all of us working, come and ask me, where is the financial hardship again? It's gone. There's one person working. Everybody else is busy fooling around. The family is stuck forever. Family is stuck forever. Let me just close this because I don't want to come on this next week. Lastly, Lack of sacrifice. Lack of sacrifice. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Breaking out of financial hardship will always require sacrifice. Listen to me. You have the right to use iPhone 12. But is it beneficial? As, as you are now going to buy iPhone 12 in a house where we don't have food until the middle of the month. But you want iPhone 12. You have the right. You have the right. You can do it. But the problem is, as long as you are using such ideas, as long as you are making such decisions, this family might never come out of financial hardship. Never. Because for you to come out of financial hardship, somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody has to sacrifice in this house. You have to sacrifice if this hardship will end. If every time you get a little money you hold, you have to go and buy Nike. You have to go and buy Adidas. You don't want to buy a shirt that doesn't have a name. Yet you yourself, you don't have a name. But you are buying shirts with names. With money you don't have. This is why you find people who are in school, but they have accounts with accounts, they have accounts with this. How will the hardship ever end? How will it ever end? Nobody wants to sacrifice. Children are still in school. They are asking for iPhone 7. They are asking for Galaxy this. You are still in school. You're supposed to be reading your books and trusting God. If your mother gave you a skoro koro, that should be enough to get you going. Because at that time, all you need is to answer call and to take SMSs. That's all. You understand we need to go through this difficulty till we reach the other side. We're not always going to be like this. But in this time, at this season, I can manage my skoro koro and nobody will die. Nobody will die. 
but you want to go and get a cell phone that you cannot afford, then within a week, the screen is broken. Now you are having a bigger problem. By the end of the month, somebody steals it in the bus. Now you are paying for a phone that has been stolen. You still need another phone. That's why the financial hardship seems to continue continuously. This is what's going on. This is why we're struggling. Nobody wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to be patient. Go and ask the prodigal son. He could have received everything with patience. But I don't want to wait. You don't want to die. I need it now. Look at the type of financial hardship he found himself into. By the time he woke up, he was sleeping with pigs. That is serious financial hardship he found himself into. Because I'm impatient, I don't want to wait for the right time to get pregnant. I don't want to wait for the right time to get this. I don't want to wait for the right time. I want it now. It always ends up in financial hardship. Because every habit has to be sustained with money. And you don't have a way to get money. Then you end up in financial hardship. May God help us. This is the source of all the debts you see in our homes. All the, the mortgages, everything. We are not willing to always wait for things to fall into place. I've been telling you, find land. Oh, Pastor, me, I'm staying in my father's house. I'm staying in my mother's house. We don't need those things. This and this and this and this. Uh, li listen to me. A lot of you are in areas where land is free. You can just go and secure land. That is a way to secure yourself from financial hardship. Let me explain to you something. Tomorrow, your child will be so angry with you. How come you couldn't even secure small land for us? Today, we have to fight with our cousins in the same house. You want to tell me that that person, he never had enough money to secure a land? No, he was too busy buying cars. He was too busy eating around. He was too busy being a papa daddy somewhere around. He was being busy a blesser, blessing everybody for a Christmas. And he thought things would always be that way. Come and see all the little money you have. You want to buy a car to impress people. Yet you have children who have no clue what's going to happen to them tomorrow. That's why the hardship continues. And you are banking on your father's house. Your father's house is his house. And it's the house of the whole family. You'll be very surprised when you go to claim that house how the people in the family is going to rebel against you. You, re you realize that even though they didn't have eyes on it, their eyes were on it. You, you see how your eyes are on that house? That is also how their eyes are on the same house. You'll be surprised. You'll be very surprised. The only house that you will have a guarantee on is your own house. The one you get for yourself. Nobody will come there. Nobody will come there. This is why we are here today. To fight these things. So that you can start making the right decisions. Listen to me, my brother. I don't mind you wearing slippers for now. It is for now. As long as you are having the wisdom to save a little bit, the wisdom to make the right decisions, the wisdom to do what you're supposed to do. 
For now, let everybody laugh at you in that school. Listen to me. The person who will laugh last will laugh well. And as they are laughing at you today, just keep telling them, as you are laughing at me today, I pray that at the end you will still be laughing. Because if you are only laughing today, and at the end I will be the one laughing, I'd rather prefer that end. I prefer that end. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Refuse to eat your future today. Don't eat your future today. Refuse to do that. Be patient. Be patient. Is it an Adidas t-shirt you want? Adidas will always produce t-shirts until the time you can buy it. Let me tell you something. They will ne they've never stopped. Don't let the devil deceive you that no, if you don't buy this one. No, there's nothing like that. In fact, a month from now, they will release something else that will make you forget what you bought. So relax. If you don't need it, you don't need it. Continue with what is needed. And let me tell you what is needed. If you are in school, what is needed is you must finish your school. That is what is needed. If you have completed your school, what is needed now is that you must get a job or you must start a business. Not sit at home always waiting for your, your uncle to come and buy grocery. Refuse that. That will never help us build, deal with this financial hardship. Because the day your uncle uses that job, we are in serious trouble. But if at least the day he loses the job, it comes out that you already got a job, at least you can help. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. We will stop here for today. Next week, I will be taking you through the spirituality of prosperity. You will learn amazing secrets. Please understand this subject concerns you. I see when I started this, you were thinking, ah, look, Pastor, he wants to teach us to be rich. You don't know where I'm going. As we go, you will realize where I'm going. And you will discover that this is what you need. This is why your family is struggling. And you, all your family members must listen to this message. You don't have the courage to tell them some of these things. All right, no problem. Just press play and go in the kitchen. Let me do the work for you. I will talk. I will talk. I will talk. Hallelujah. Raise your hands wherever you are and ask God for grace and mercy. That's all you can pray for this morning. Father, grace and mercy, let it be multiplied to me. As I hear these words, I realize I'm going to need more grace and more mercy. More grace and more mercy. Open your mouth and pray. More grace and more mercy. More grace and more mercy. Freedom from laziness. Freedom from putting the responsibility into other people's neck. And I'm just moving around in the system, enjoying myself. Not being aware that I will never break financial hardship like this. I keep making decisions that will perpetuate financial hardship in the family. Young men drinking, moving around in the system like he was an old man. How will you ever get rid of the financial hardship with that type of a spirit? Open your mouth and pray from the depths of your heart. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me today. Have mercy on me today. 
Shakatoke pele manda la mentele madokadaba. Chapele mando kapalamendela kachapele bado. Prendele mando sokote palebe. Thank you, Father. There's somebody watching me right now. You know, you want to get things right. You are just like the prodigal son. You were not patient. You are actually not patient. And your lack of patience has landed you into all kinds of troubles, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of problems for which you don't even have the money to sustain. Many of the things you are struggling with, young men, young lady, is impatience. You are not patient. Satan is trying to get you into things that you don't have the capacity to sustain right now. How do we kill this greed? How do we break this foolishness from our hearts? We need to invite the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is a person called Jesus Christ. Once you open your heart to Jesus, all the problems don't disappear in a minute, but they have a potential of disappearing if you do what is right. The wisdom I'm teaching today can save your life. But if you receive that wisdom without receiving Jesus, it will not help you. So I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. At the count of three, if you are saying, Pastor, I want to be born again, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. There's somebody watching now, and you know God has been speaking to you. You know that you know this message is for you. Please don't hold back. Today is the day of salvation. Turn to God now and everything will change. At the count of three, raise your right hand shamelessly and God will meet you at the point of your need. The power of God will break that greed in your heart, that impatient spirit that doesn't want to let you go till it kills you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please take your hands down. Also, you are watching. You are saying, Pastor, look, Mine, really, I don't think I have ever heard a message like this. This is me. Clearly, this is me. But I'm, my question is, where do I start? Well, simple. Start at the cross. That's the entry point. Come to the cross. No matter how many times you've come, come again. Because every time you come, just like Naaman, you are dipping yourself another time. One day you will rise out of that water and you'll be clean. At the count of three, I want you to recommit my life to Christ. I want you to recommit my life to discipline, to order. I want you to commit myself to breaking this grip of financial hardship. I want you to commit. At the count of three, you can raise your hand and we're going to pray. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands down. Let us pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I really need you. After what I heard, honestly, I really, really, really need you. Thank you for speaking to me today. I realize you love me. I realize you want to help me. 
I want to cooperate. Therefore, I open my heart. I accept you. I accept your word. Every rebuke, every correction, I accept everything. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash me from every sin. I believe you are the Son of God. You die on the third day, you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm free from the power of sin to serve the living God. I'm free from the power of laziness. I'm free from the power of negligence. I'm free from the power of lack of discipline to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, washing me, saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mohwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day and remember. We are alive to give life.